Hey, hey, welcome back to Mamas Have Special Needs 2. I'm your host, Ashley Johnston, and this is episode 121, Crucial Conversation Forecasting. Welcome to the Mamas Have Special Needs 2 podcast, where we are learning to thrive in and enjoy our lives again. I'm your host, Ashley Johnston. Let's go. Hey, ladies, welcome back to the podcast. Good to be here. Uh, guys, I've been getting into sourdough bread making, which has been super fun. I have just had my fourth attempt at making bread from the sourdough, and I think that I'm finally getting it. My first two loaves were like rock hard and <laughs> it was awful and super dense didn't rise at all not to mention it was kind of cold in the house anyway but i think i figured it out and how to get it to rise and it was nice and warm and we ate it with bread and honey and it was so good it reminded me of my childhood so that has been fun today i want to talk about crucial conversation forecasting, right? And this is just a concept that I just kind of came up with on my own. I was having a conversation with a friend this past week and was talking with her a bit about the communication that she has with her husband and kind of the struggles that were happening there. And it really, you know, as we were having this discussion, we came upon a few different concepts that we talked about, and I didn't realize how important these these concepts are when you implement them in a conversation that you're having with your spouse, how it can make it so much more easy, and that there are common mistakes that we make that make these conversations so much more difficult. And I thought, you know what, this would be really amazing information to share with my podcast listeners, especially mamas when it comes to managing and maintaining a marriage with some a little extra things that are happening in our lives. So I wanted to share with you this concept of forecasting when it comes to having crucial conversations. And I don't just mean kind of thinking about generally how you want the conversation to go down, but there are a few little things in there that help turn these conversations from complete disaster or misunderstandings to something that is very successful. This is something that my husband and I have done that we've kind of figured out on our own um, that has been really, really fruitful and beneficial for us. Now, I'm not saying this is the end-all be-all, but it's definitely been helpful for us and it could be helpful for some of you out there. So let's get into it. So essentially... What is crucial conversation forecasting? Obviously, like it's not just kind of a typical conversation that you would have, just like a chit chat here and there, although implementing these principles would probably help make those conversations better, at least they have for me. But this is more when you are trying to talk about or address something that's a little more crucial. Maybe it's a little touchy. It could potentially be a, a tender subject. So I'm talking more specifically about those kinds of conversations. And if you are the kind of person that finds when you get in a conversation with your spouse particularly, it could be other family members, but I'm really kind of talking in the context of 
a conversation with your spouse and it's a crucial conversation. If you find that when you try to have these conversations, they usually end up in an argument or you feel unheard in these conversations or you are often met with defensiveness on the part of your husband, then this podcast is for you. Now, obviously, if you are not a mom with special needs kids or you are the father instead of the mother, definitely these principles will definitely help you. But because my audience is moms raising kids with special needs, that's where I'm going to frame. That's how I'm going to frame my podcast and the context of um, my examples. So, but obviously these principles can be overlaid and helpful in many situations. So, so what is a crucial conversation forecasting? Like, what is that? In a nutshell, it is thinking before you speak. And I don't mean in the traditional way this phrase is used, think before you speak, because that really alludes to, at least in my mind, thinking about yourself before you speak. And maybe like, are you saying what you actually feel? Are you saying what you're thinking? Are you speaking the truth of what you think? What I'm talking about is thinking about the other person before you speak. This doesn't mean you negate what you think or anything, but oftentimes I find that the conversations that I engage in that end in an argument or I feel unheard or I feel like the other person is being defensive is because I am neglecting that other person and their perspective in the conversation. So to forecast the other person Obviously, you're trying, it's, which is a predictive thing you're doing. It's not absolute. It's a forecast. It helps a lot more to make these conversations go smoothly. And I will elaborate on that a little further in the podcast. But why? I want to I talk about a minute about why I started forecasting. And it was because I, when I started doing this, right, the arguments that, well, I guess the The conversations turned into arguments. We weren't getting anywhere. We weren't finding any conclusion. We weren't necessarily connecting or understanding one another. And so I wanted to try to figure out how to make these conversations go more smoothly and to make sure that not just I was being heard, but he was being heard and that we were able to reach a conclusion in which we could implement whatever it is that we were trying to address, whether that was a parenting technique um, conversation about finances or sex or household um, things that were going on or just, uh, you know, hey, you did that and my feelings were hurt, you know, trying to talk about things like that. And I started to do this forecasting. And when I started doing it, what I started to realize is that I felt more understood. And I felt like I understood my my husband better or the other person that I was talking to. I also felt closer and more connected to my husband. I felt like we could approach future conversations with a little more ease because of how our past conversations were starting to turn out. And so that is the reason why I kept working at this and why I kept exploring what this is, because it turned out to be effective for me and for my husband. And I guess I should clarify, it's on my end, I felt like it was more effective. I will not speak for him, 
But I did notice that our conversations collectively were ending well. We weren't as defensive with each other. We were more understanding. We were able to either agree to disagree or we were able to present our ideas, even if they contradicted each other and try to figure out some sort of solution. And it wasn't like it was it was definitely like we had to go through many conversations that were very uncomfortable and not very successful to to find the more consistent way that we communicate now in which we're able to have these crucial conversations with a little more ease and it doesn't mean that they're not uncomfortable because there's always a certain amount of vulnerability that you engage in when you're having this kind of a crucial conversation and I do think that's part of it I don't think that's a bad thing I don't need to think you need to get rid of it but I do think that this forecasting of the conversation before you go and you engage in that does help take down a lot of barriers that you would have encountered had you not done the forecasting and so it does has increased at least for me on my end for the conversation to be more successful and I'm going to take a big gander that it's also my husband would say the same thing um okay so then how does this work like what exactly is it how does it work so it is as I said thinking before you speak and thinking about the other person before you speak and part of this I'll just I'm just going to walk you through the thinking process that I go through before I decide to actually have a conversation because what I have found is that there are some things that you can resolve without ever having a conversation if you just take a minute to think before you say anything then you might realize, oh, I don't actually need to have a conversation about that. I just needed to think about it for a minute, calm myself down, and and realize that actually it's just fine. I was just having a little moment, and we're good. But sometimes you might think about it and realize, no, actually, this is something that I do want to have a conversation about. How do I want to approach it? Now, normally, what I've noticed with me and um, at least... um, friends and family that I've talked with about crucial conversations they're having with their spouses is that when you want to have a crucial conversation, you're usually wanting to talk about something that you are emotionally charged about, whether you're feeling very defensive or feeling very angry or frustrated or whatever else it is, you usually are already emotionally charged about this thing. And when you go into a crucial conversation without thinking first and you are leading with your emotion, you're usually going to say or do something that you will regret later, right? Or you're going to say it out of anger. When you go to converse out of anger, you're usually going to try to hurt the other person and I mean emotionally say something that is hurtful or defensive or you're just going to speak your mind unfiltered and I think in in our day and age sometimes people think that that is a good thing that I'm saying what I think and I'm being authentic except the authenticity is now used as some sort of badge of honor of like I'm just being authentic and saying what I'm thinking but what is actually happening in real time is that it's not effective at all and you're undermining the respect that you have in your relationship between each other when you don't 
filter what it is that you're saying. Because if you waltz into that crucial conversation emotionally charged, all you're really, really doing is just saying what you feel. And what I've noticed, as nice as it sounds, just saying what you feel doesn't cut it when it comes to resolving something or actually having a successful conversation. I'm not saying you need to negate how you feel, but when you speak out of emotion only, it doesn't end well. And if this is something you're currently doing and it is working, please reach out to me. Tell me what you're doing because I would be interested to know, but I have found no success there myself. Okay, so the first thing I would do then is to get clear on why I want to have this conversation. And you might have to get a couple layers down before you can figure out what that really is. Because if you're feeling really emotional about it already, then you're just going to want to lead with that. You're going to want to lead with saying how you feel and saying what you think he did wrong and saying how you think it should have been. Right. And that kind of approach, at least in my experience, does not really work out very well. So you get clear on why you want to have that conversation. Let's say, for example, that um, your child acted out, your husband responded in a way that you disagree with, and you want to have a conversation and figure out a new parenting tactic. So as you walk through those emotions of defensiveness or anger or whatever, you'll get down to the root of, okay, I just, I want to express that I don't like that and that I'd like to have a conversation about it. Okay, so you get down to that reasoning. Now, something that I like to do before I approach a conversation like this is to make sure that I'm setting me and my spouse up for success. So also forecasting what time of day or when can we talk about this because it's a crucial conversation. So you don't want to do it when you're both hungry or angry or frustrated or stressed or any of those things, right? You want to give your spouse and yourself the best chance at succeeding at this. So think about those things about, okay, this is not the, a, a good time to do it. And you can let your spouse know in advance, right? Hey, babe, I'd like to have a conversation with you tonight about such and such thing that happened. Would you be willing to talk with me? Okay, now, if you have a bad history of conversations, you might have to word that differently or set some ground rules of like, I'm, you know, I would like to have a respectful conversation. I would, you know, whatever it is that you would like to say to help them know that you're open to hear their side of the conversation as well. And that you're not out to like, you're not there to duke it out. You know, you you just want to problem solve respectfully. Okay. So that would be the next thing. Get clear on why you want to have the conversation and then set your set yourselves up for success by considering your mood, your state of hunger or satiation, um, the time of day, um, perhaps for you the time of month right? And then like stress levels at that time. Just, you know, just think about kind of those things. After that, I would also think about like, what is my spouse's typical response when I've initiated conversations like this in the past? And what was it that I said that perhaps triggered that kind of response. So if you go in to have a parenting conversation with your spouse and you're met with immediate defensiveness, 
from them, then it, then you might want to consider how do I start the conversation? How do I jump into it uh, that might provoke that? Now, I'm not saying it's all your fault, but I am saying if you're jumping into a conversation about parenting and you're going, I didn't like the way you did that. There's a better way to do that. Think about what it would be like for you on the receiving end if your spouse was coming to you and saying that. Would you immediately put all your defenses down and say, you know, like, oh, yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, I did that so wrong. You know, and maybe you would. But if your spouse isn't, then you might want to consider that's not the best way to approach it and that it makes total sense why they're feeling defensive. Right. So I'm not saying this is what it will be like for you, but think about that. Think about what is their typical response and how am I approaching the conversation that could contribute to that kind of response? And how can I approach this conversation differently so that I can communicate respect in this conversation to my spouse? Because let me tell you, that was really a critical turning point for me in my mind when I started asking the question, how can I say what I want to say and maintain respect in my communication to my husband where I am not tearing him down. I am not trying to convince him he's wrong. I am not throwing him under the bus and I'm not pretending like I have the upper hand. Like I just know better because I'm the mother because I'm, you know, and I'm not saying there's not value in your perspective as a mother What I'm saying is if we initially assume that our husbands are doing it wrong and we initially assume that they don't know how to parent, that they don't care about the kids, that they're, you know, that we assume all this negative narrative about them and we approach the conversation with that negative narrative and then we wonder why they don't want to talk to us anymore. Like, doesn't that just kind of make sense? Like if if my husband was always approaching me telling me how I was doing it wrong, telling me that I'm not doing it right or that I've always done it wrong, I probably would not want to engage in conversation with him, right? So we want to think about them before we speak to them. And the last thing that I do is that I assume goodness. I assume goodness from my husband. So when He has an interaction with a child that has thrown a tantrum, for example, and he handles it in a way that I feel like that was not a good way to handle it. I would like it to be handled differently or I would have handled it differently. Before I go into the conversation, I do all of this thinking and in this thinking, I assume goodness because I know the goodness is there right? He wants to be a good father. He cares about me. He cares about our children. And actually, he is a really good father. And I can point out all of the ways that he is good. And all of the ways that he cares. And all of the ways that he loves us. When I think about all those things first, and I assume the good, then I actually go into the conversation with a completely different kind of energy. And he feels that and I feel that and I speak and ask questions from a place where I assume his goodness and where I speak respectfully to him. And I'm clear on what it is 
I want to say, and I'm clear on what it is I'm trying to communicate. And this maybe this night not be the last thing, but the last thing for today is that I am open to hearing his reasoning for it, and I'm open to considering that that's those are good reasons, and that perhaps he's right. Perhaps he's actually on to something when it comes to how he's responding to our children when they are throwing a tantrum, right? Because that's the example I'm giving. Okay, so those are kind of all of the moving parts of the forecasting exercise. So now there's one more thing I really want to add to this, which is the initial energy that you feel in response to whatever happens. So in this example, when your child has a tantrum and your husband handles it in a way that you disagree with and you feel whatever it is you feel, the anger, the frustration, whatever it is, and that is the emotion you want to go lead into this crucial conversation with and you want to tell him what's what, I want you to stop for a minute and identify the emotion that you're feeling and know that you likely have a good reason for feeling that way. And the reason that I feel it's important to do this is because when you are trying to enter into a crucial conversation and you're trying to shift from the energy of anger or frustration to one of understanding and respect, what I have found is it was hard for me to not berate myself or think negatively about myself because my first response was one of anger and frustration. It was like, oh, that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. I shouldn't be feeling that way. I should try to feel this way. And so what I was doing was I was trying to bury or avoid that emotion. And it always ended up showing up in my crucial conversations because I wasn't able to to really understand it and handle it before I entered into that conversation. So what I started doing is I started to tell myself, look, Ashley, there's probably a really good reason why you're feeling defensive. Why would you be feeling defensive? And oftentimes it was, well, because I care about my kids. I'm, I'm worried about my kids, right? Which is a really great reason to feel defensive. And I feel like that is very innate to do. But what I also needed to realize is that it's that way for my husband as well. He feels dis- defensive and worried about the kids as well. And so he wants to help them behave well because he knows it will help them better in the world. Or he wants to help them be safe when they're having the tantrum or whatever it is that's going on for your kids. He wants to too, but he thinks about it differently and he handles it differently. So in that frame of mind, I didn't need to belittle me and belittle him. Like it wasn't either I'm right or he's right or I get to feel angry and he doesn't or he gets to feel angry and I don't. It's... We both have good reasons for why we're feeling the way we're feeling. And that anger and that frustration will not solve this problem for either of us. So this is something that we really need to let go of. All right, so let's wrap this up in a little bow. Okay, crucial conversation forecasting is when you think before you speak, meaning you think about the other person before you speak. Why I use it? It reduces arguments, 
you feel more understood, you feel like you understand the other person better, you can feel closer and more connected to the other person, and the likelihood of you approaching and having more crucial conversations successfully improves when you use the crucial conversation forecasting method. And the basic method here is that you get really clear on why you want to have the conversation. You can process and deal with your anger and frustration first, knowing that you likely have a really good reason to feel that way. Assess the time of day or the mood that you might be in, like pick a good time to have the conversation where you will both be able to have a very, you know, give yourself the best chance for having a successful conversation. Think about your spouse's typical response, why that might be the response, how you might be contributing to that and brainstorm how you can say what it is you want to say and be respectful in your communication with them and be open to hear their reasoning and try to understand them and assume their goodness. Assume that they have a good reason for doing what they're doing and saying what they're saying and try to understand them. You can still express what you think you can still maintain your belief. You may end up agreeing to disagree, but you will have done so respectfully. Or you might figure out a solution, which I find happens more often the more respect and assumption of good that I try to pull into the conversation. All right, guys, that is what I have for you today. I hope that was helpful. All right, that's what I have for you today for crucial conversation forecasting. If you have additional questions or want some personal coaching in this area, you can reach me at ashleyjohnstoncoaching at gmail.com. That's A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H johnstoncoaching at gmail.com. And until next time, take care. Hey mamas, listen, you can create the life and relationships you want as a mother raising children with special needs. And I can show you how. We can hop on a free Zoom call and talk about what you need, what you want, and what I have to offer. No pressure, and it'll be super fun to chat and connect. So send me a message on my Instagram, mamas have special needs too. The link's below and let's hop on a call.